Welcome to Kernels of Nutrition, the brand new podcast series powered by the Almond Board of California. My name is Rosie Long. I'm an AFN registered associate nutritionist. And in this series, I'll be chatting to some of the leading nutrition professionals in the UK about their experiences and how they successfully communicate health and nutrition messages through the work they do with brands, the media, and more recently on social media too. This podcast is part of the Almond Board of California's Almond Academy, a learning and development platform developed by health professionals to help other nutritionists and dietitians advance and refine their existing skills. Visit almonds.co.uk to listen to other podcasts in the series, sign up to the Almond Board's Nutrition Bulletin and access all other Almond Academy resources. With me today is registered dietitian Helen Bond. Helen is a highly experienced media dietitian. She currently works with several top name food companies, PR consultancies and marketing agencies and is the nutrition voice for BBC Radio Derby, a spokesperson for the British Dietetic Association and is regularly quoted in the National Consumer and Health Professional Press. Hello Helen, welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, to start, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how long you've been a go-to person for the media? Well, hello. Um, goodness, where did it all begin for me? Well, I graduated from Queen Margaret University College in 1996. I cannot believe that was 24 years ago, so I'm feeling quite old. Um, but just to give you a bit of background to me, so I was awarded the Abbott Laboratory Prize for the student presenting the dissertation of the highest standard in my final year. And this research actually was kind of sponsored from an educational grant from Kellogg's, and it got published in the much-respected journal nutrition and food science as well as its presentation at the European Congress of Obesity. Now just to give you a little bit of context to that so they asked me to do a PhD to expand on this pilot study but I'd kind of had enough of the world of academia and I thought right I'm going to leave it all behind and I'm going to return to my roots in Lancashire and start working as a basic grade dietitian. But it was after a year really that Kellogg's kind of caught up with me and asked me to join their PR firm in London working as an in-house dietitian and this is really where my introduction to the media really started you know I was liaising with journalists on new breakfast cereal research and other nutrition stories I was writing press releases taking part in radio days with celebrities which was always very glamorous um, providing quotes and editorial for newspapers and I undertook media training days really to learn how to interact with journalists and other interviewers more effectively and how to get the best possible coverage um, for my clients. But oh my goodness, the first year in a PR firm was really, really tough. And it was a really steep learning course for me. I mean, it was miles away from the clinical training for the hospital setting that I was used to. It, um, you know, at university, I think we had a few lectures of working with the media and writing press releases. So I had to learn really quickly and develop my media and writing skills on the job. Now, in 2000, I had my first daughter, Hannah, and I think that was the real change for me. How am I going to juggle motherhood and family life? And I think that's really when I thought, right, I'm going to start being a freelance dietitian. I think that was the right path for me. Um, and this is really when I started to interact with the media, really in my own capacity as a registered dietitian, and to create a name for myself, really, working with the national and consumer press and lots of journalists. 
Mm, that I mean that's fantastic and um, just hearing you talk about all of the kind of PR work that you you started off with it's not too dissimilar from my experience so far as well so why do you think it is that the media want to talk to registered dietitians? Well I mean for a start back in my early days you know there wasn't that many dietitians doing media work and you know of course it was well before social media had taken the world by storm so there was lots of media opportunities that came my way and journalists really wanted an independent and a kind of authoritative voice in nutrition that was trustworthy and balanced and you know as a dietitian therefore you know I was quite expertly placed to provide comments on nutrition news stories and surprisingly I was in constant demand but really Really, it's no wonder, really, because I mean, trust a dietitian is a famous slogan that we use, but registered dietitians are the only nutritional professionals to be regulated by law. And we're governed by an ethical code of conduct to make sure that we're always working to the highest standards. You know, we're regulated by the Health and Care Professions Council, and we're always trained to a degree level or above, really. Mm, yeah, and I, I think what you're saying there about um dietitians being a protected title and things that that's something I know that a lot of registered nutritionists are constantly fighting for too um and I think having that protection it really protects the integrity of the profession but ultimately the public too so um I think it, it's it's really important there um so obviously you took the the leap from into a freelance media role from your PR role um did success happen over time? Was it something that built up or, or is there something that really kick-started that, that kind of success and them coming to you for commentary? Oh, goodness. Well, becoming a kind of go-to expert for media interviews was really a kind of relatively pretty much a slow and gradual process. But, you know, after going freelance at that start of the millennium, I did work really hard at building up my media profile. You know, I signed up as a member of the Freelance Dietitians Group. I became a spokesperson uh, for the British Dietetic Association. So I was often really required to provide kind of expert comment or make sense of current research or a medical condition or even diet trends at the start of the year on behalf of my organization and it was slowly slowly things started to build up so much so that in 2013 um, I was named runner-up BDA media spokesperson of the year which was always a lovely thing to uh, receive um, but I was really lucky because I did keep speaking to some of my journalist contacts from my PR days and I certainly provided quotes top tips comments pretty much to any media opportunity opportunity that came along even the really boring time-consuming ones because if I did well the journalists tend to remembered me and kept coming back and then other journalists approached me with per after you know personal recommendation too so I must have done something right as the phone was a bit like a media hotline um you know I think it helped really that I was I was quite flexible with my working hours you know I always bended to the kind of journalist needs and I was always really on hand to provide their you know some comments for them so so I think they began to love me and kept coming back for more. Um, you know, after third child, I moved out of uh, London to um, the Derbyshire Dales, which was gorgeous. And, um, you know, that's when I started to think about the local angle, too, because I don't forget that, you know, get in touch, for example, our local radio station is BBC Radio Derby. And we've got a local paper, the Derby Telegraph. You know, journalists really like that kind of local angle and expert. Um, you know, I got my business cards printed, you know, I'm giving them out left, right and centre to any journalists.
journalist that I met at an event, you know, I invested in a website, although it does need a little bit of updating now, because it's really the gateway to your work and your services and your experience and with the media and working with brands. So these are all steps that's really important to take. I um, you know, I also started writing for different magazines and newspapers, um, not least like the Good Health section of the Daily Mail or the Healthy Food Guide um, and the BDA's um, Eating Well, Living Well magazine too. You know, nowadays um, it's really good to be active on social media. And this is personally something that I need to improve on. It's it's pretty new for me because it's a way to connect with journalists on social media and it's a way to promote your media coverage on the kind of social media channels, whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you know, and the BDA and the social media dietitians will really support you and get behind you. So let them know where they can read your article or hear you on the radio or even watch you on the TV. Um, you know, it can really help journalists and companies to kind of spot what you're doing and spot the content that you're writing and keep you in mind for any, you know, future expert comment I mean at the end of the day social media is often like a showreel of your professional highlights so it's an area I need to improve on and I am certainly working on it yeah no I mean what you said there it sounds like it was it was a hard slog you did a, a lot to get yourself out there and to get your name kind of recognized by people and you know it wasn't a, a kind of quick fix it wasn't something a magic pill that just kind of happened it, it was a lot of work and what you said there about social media I think is, is really important as you said it's like a, a portfolio or um, a showreel of your highlights so you know it's something that the, the Almond Board noticed too and that's why they develop resources for the Almond Academy um, helping nutritionists and dietitians to kind of build a social media presence and to know what to post and how to post and and that kind of thing because it can be can be daunting um, but anyway back to traditional media um, what what's the best thing about working with the media? Well, there's certainly lots of pros to it. I mean, working with the media, you know, it is so varied. You know, no two days are ever the same, which I absolutely love. You know, variety is the spice of life, as they say, you know. And I'd like to think that I don't see people in the clinical setting, which I would have done if I would going to be a dietitian in the hospital. But I do have the opportunity to impact the lives of thousands of people rather than one to two in the clinical setting. Um, for me, it's a really important as a dietitian to ensure the kind of accuracy in nutritional messaging through kind of due diligence and evidence-based research make sure the correct messages are actually getting out there um, and what my mum would say is a sense of pride and achievement she loves seeing my name in the in lights in the daily mail and other newspapers um, but it's for me it is really profile building you know it has opened so many career doors for me I kind of look at it as kind of free marketing or advertising for my name and my services you know I think that's been really important and like I said you know no two days are ever the same and no work is ever the same you know I am constantly preparing constantly researching and constantly learning it's everyday CPD really for me um, and as a result really I've developed quite a range of experience in lots of different areas of nutrition and its relationship to health um, but I definitely know in the words of Aristotle you know the more I know the more I realize I don't know so I'm constantly learning which like I said I love um, but I've met so many lovely people along the way some fantastic journalists fellow freelance dietitians and you've developed you know developed quite a large network and in a freelance capacity there's 
there's always someone on online or at the end of the phone, so which I love. Um, and obviously, as an active spokesperson for the British Dietetic Association, I like to think that I'm flying the dietetic flag. You know, I'm promoting, I'm raising the profile of our profession. And it's really great, really, to be part of a collective and trusted professional voice in the media. There's definitely strength in numbers. And, you know, dietitians is actually quite a small profession. I think there's only around about 10,000 registered dietitians. And not, of those, not all of those are in clinical practice. So the actions of each of us really matters to promote the health of the nation. And I think that's what the media does. It gives us an opportunity to tell people what we do and what we know. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of people get their knowledge from newspapers. So we need dietitians and registered nutritionists to be out there and raising, um, the, you know, awareness of what we do and the um, evidence-based practice. And sadly, you know, if it's not us that's going to be there, there's going to be a lot of people that are kind of chomping at the bit to take our space. Um, you know, those kind of social media influencers have that have no more qualifications than an interest in food or a lifetime of eating or perhaps a cookery book to sell. Um, so we need to make sure, you know, we get rid of all that non sensationalized pieces or nutribolics as I'd like to say um, and make sure evidence based comments and quotes are actually out there mm, yeah and I, I suppose with every wonderful job there has to be some downsides so what are the challenges that you face as a dietitian in the media yeah, of course, there are downsides to media work. And I think it's really important that newly qualified dietitians or nutritionists um, should be aware of those. Or if you're trying to make the kind of the jump into the media world, I think for me as a dietitian, um, the one that I get the most frustrated with is being kind of misquoted or misinterpreted. Um, and I think we'll come on to um, that in a little bit. But um, often I feel a little bit out of my comfort zone. You know, like I said, I'm often a kind of jack of all trades, but I'm a master of none. And I'm constantly trying challenged every day in terms of providing quotes and delving into research so it's a really time consuming process to be in the media you know you don't see instant results you have to put in the time and effort um, and like I said a lot of my media features that I do are nowadays paid um, but all of my pretty much media comments are usually free and like I said I kind of see it as free advertising promoting my name getting my name out there um, one of the, the ones that I always battle with, um, with editors and freelance journalists is the kind of the clash between the science and the media. You know, what I want to say and what they want to say is two very different things. So, you know, it's always finding that, that fine balance. Um, and I think you need stamina. You know, it isn't a normal nine to five job. You know, like I said, certainly in the early days and even now, you know, 20 years later, you know, I still try to bend to journalist requirements, you know, they're usually on very tight deadlines. They always want things done now. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Friday night or it's the weekend. Um, like I said, you never know quite what the day has in store for you. It's interesting you mentioned about kind of um, the fact that your comments are often free and that there's the income side of it being a bit of a downside. And I'm sure a lot of people are kind of asking that question of how you make a living as a media dietitian. 
Yeah, definitely. I think the money side of things always comes into it. And, you know, and being business savvy and money minded are areas of work that I really struggled with when I went freelance and leaving behind that kind of regular income. And, you know, I still do. You know, they don't teach kind of business skills and sales techniques when I was at uni. Um, And if you look out there, there's all sorts of nutritional professionals that have much more entrepreneurial mindset than me. Um, You know, when you're used to having a kind of regular salary, landing in your bank account every month you know the thought of having a patchier income of a freelancer is certainly going to take some use getting used to um so to help that really in the first year when I went freelance I actually freelanced for two days a week at my old PR firm and that that really helped me really because it took some of the pressure off while I continued to kind of network and increase my media profile um you know and set about so those extra few days but it does help a lot and like I said a lot of the media features that I write for are paid um, but most of the media comments are free so a lot of people say well you know why do you do it and well for me there was lots of reasons and I've already delved into a few but I think if you're passionate about the subject matter and want to get your voice heard above the kind of the other so-called experts out there really get get talking to the media you know flying the dietetic flag like I said promoting and raising the profession um, of dietitians and you know and keep up for me is keeping up good relations with my journalists you know a lot of them I consider friends and if they ask me for a quote I I usually bend over backwards to give them a quote as soon as I can Um, but like I said money-wise do see it as free advertising and advertising your profile but it is always a fine um fine balance but what I would say is being in the media has opened so many doors for me you know like I said the media work might not pay for itself but it attracts so much other work you know it could be just editorial work working for magazines and newspapers or I could be invited to attend a round table or a press day or sit on an expert panel event um you know I've been working um doing PR work with brands anything from radio days to spokesperson work or recipe development even speaking at conferences and and you know as an expert in kind of reality active work as well all of which are obviously kindly paying for my bills um but I think also at the same time I think it's really important to believe in the value of your expertise and that was a real turning point so know your worth as a dietitian or nutritionist and value your time you know it's a really fine balance really taking on too many free pieces of media work and really not having enough time to work on the business your business and you know complete other paid work so like I said it's a bit of a fine balancing act and I think lastly really is don't be afraid to ask for money. You know, in the media, you know, if you don't ask, they don't usually offer. So just be brave and maybe ask once or twice. Yeah, thank you, Helen. That I think that's really good advice. And um, I know you mentioned a bit earlier was around being misquoted or having your quotes taken out of context. Um, and I know we've spoken about this in the past uh, a lot as well. So how do you manage that whilst, you know, maintaining a good reputation within the nutrition and dietetic profession? Yeah, be prepared, you know, prepare, 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 you know, self arm yourself really, really good knowledge on the subject matter. And the more prepared you are, the less risk you are really of being misquoted. You know, like I said, I spent so much time kind of building relationships with journalists that they kind of respect me and they admire my knowledge and expertise. And in turn, they often don't misquote me now or try and trip you up. But there's many out there that will. Um, You know, where possible, always ask for written quotes, you know, ask to see the quotes in advance of print or 
perhaps in the context also of the full feature. So you can approve the copy and make changes before it goes to press. Um, you know, it's always a bit trickier, really, if you're misquoted in print, like, you know, hard, hard newspapers and magazines. But if the article has been published online, it's often easier to make a change. Um, but what I want to, what I would say is obviously, you know, you want to build reports for journalists. So consider its impact, you know, weight up in terms of the severity of the error. If it's only a kind of small mistake, perhaps consider letting it go. But if it's something you feel really um, anxious about or it's a really serious misquote, perhaps ask the journalist just politely and, you know, calmly if it's possible for correction to be made online or if in print, maybe an apology note from you with the corrections. Like I said, you can always ask. So, you know, when we say media, it covers a range of different outlets. We've got radio, TV, print. How do they differ in terms of what they're looking for and, you know, what, how you prepare for an expert comment? Well, I mean, whatever the media outlet, whether or not it's a print material, whether it's the radio or whether it's the TV, you know, essentially the journalist is just looking for an expert to provide credible information to a feature story, um, maybe to comment on a, a diet trend or a medical condition and, and translate the complicated science of nutrition or the importance of this new research that's just come out into something easy for consumers to understand and act on or to provide, you know, practical advice and tips about what to eat or what to avoid and I think it's really important to remember that you know many people get their nutritional and health information from the media so you know having a credible voice translating that complex science of nutrition into simple meaningful and practical take-home messages and advice is really vital really to educate the public who perhaps don't have access for a health professional. So how do you go about translating that complex science that we all know and love into something that media are interested in? Because I know we as nutritionists and dietitians get up in this really exciting, complex thing that we might be talking about, but maybe it's not relevant to the media in that form. So, you know, just as an example, the Almond Board have more than 180 published papers on the health benefits of almonds. But how would we take those messages and then communicate them um, in ways that, you know, media would want um, and how they would use it. Yeah, I mean, the media certainly like the content to be kind of really snappy, easy to understand. So you can't overcomplicate things really, or scoot, skirt too much around the point, or it'll just get completely cut out and, or, you know, lost in translation. So, you know, be practical, not patronising, and, you know, and remember to keep the information top line, you know. Um, you know, working with brands is another part of media work, and because you need to be able to offer simple examples with easy to to understand nuggets of advice which don't have a huge amount of copy and that's why as a, you know I like to work with brands or products that have a strong evidence base you know that you can recommend without too much recommendation you know having a handful of almonds as a mid-morning snack is is an easy thing to get in um, you know it's very simple and you know obviously lots of benefits to actually including a handful of almonds in your daily diet. Yeah and I think um, just just thinking about everything working with the media it sounds really daunting when you think about it, um, you know, with the kind of risk of being misquoted and all these other things um, and, and you know, needing to know all this information. What advice can you give if people are wanting to start out and get their name out there or perhaps getting you know, their first request for an interview? 
Yeah, I mean, working with the media when you're not used to it is really daunting. So I definitely empathise with that. You know, I've been there, I've done it, and I still get nervous now. Um, You know, I think first off, you know, do check out, you know, the Almond Academy resources available on this topic. You know, it's a great learning and development platform. You know, it's been developed by um, nutritional communication experts like myself and dietitians, you know, how they've refined their existing skills. So there's lots of information on there to how to make your media interviews meaningful you know translate that you know peer-reviewed papers into easy to digest messages for clients and consumers to take away and put put into action yeah no absolutely and, and actually the the almond almond academy resources that you mentioned there are also afn endorsed as well so um they can be used for cpd which is an added bonus um but you know what happens if so say if you're in an interview um, and you get a really difficult question or the interviewer is trying to trip you up are there, are there any techniques that you would recommend I've certainly been there and done that um, many a times um, but again just go back to that you know the Almond Academy resources are really good resources to, in terms of learning how the media works so just knowing how the media works and what they're trying to achieve is a great really first step towards being able to deal with those really tricky difficult questions be it If you do get a tricky question, you know, and this is coming from personal experience, you know, whether it's in print or whether it's on the radio or on TV, I think the most important thing is just don't panic. Don't feel pressured to answer straight away and just come spurting out with some information, you know, especially if you're not comfortable or qualified to talk about the actual topic in question. So pause, breathe deeply and kind of bide yourself some time, you know, start with what you know in a kind of general way and then perhaps dive into the tricky point using those brilliant bridging techniques that I've been using you know I love those bridging techniques you know things like oh well you raise a very important question but today as a dietitian I'm here to talk about nutrition and what we know is xxx you know it's a great technique to actually use to get back to what you want to actually talk about you know and you know practice your media skills I know I really do that and one of the most nerve-wracking things that I did when I was um, started out as a dietitian working with the media was going on a media training day you know you're there practicing with an experienced broadcaster or interviewer and they give you some really tricky questions on all sorts of things that the media is like to throw at you and looking at yourself on tv how you respond to them it's definitely quite a steep learning curve so if you can sign up to a media training day i definitely advise to get on board definitely i, I think um just thinking about that makes me nervous but I think it would be really useful it's one of those things that would be horrible to do but then at the end you'd feel really accomplished Mm. um but I think one of the things people do get nervous about and you mentioned tv there as well is is the tv interviews can you tell us a little bit about you know how do you prepare for a radio or tv because I think you know having it live it's Mm. it's more daunting than say print Yeah, absolutely. I've done much more radio interviews than TV, but whether it's radio or whether it's TV, again, it comes back to preparation. You know, it's absolutely key. You definitely need to be really well prepared to ensure that you aren't going to be wrong footed by the interviewer or kind of manoeuvred into saying something that you aren't happy with and you can't retract because obviously if it's a live interview. So where possible, you know, always ask the interviewer or the journalist ahead of the time, you know, the the questions that perhaps they're likely to ask or 
the areas that you want to cover with so you can prepare your answers well in advance and feel quite comfortable uh, before you're actually going on you know you can even practice and record yourself you know looking in the mirror so you can see how you respond to the different questions and always ask whether things are going to be live or pre-recorded or perhaps if there's going to be other experts there perhaps it's a panel discussion so get as much information about the type of interview that you're actually going to be taking part with you know feeling confident in your subject matter and knowing what you're going to say and the environment you're in is absolutely key. Mm, yeah so I mean perhaps it would be worth doing a media training day before you go on a on for a tv or radio yeah. interview or something like that because yeah as you say I think I think one of the issues is a lot of the time people think that nutritionists and dietitians are an encyclopedia and that we hold all of this knowledge here that is just ready to be picked when actually we need a lot of preparation to get there and to come up with really smart answers absolutely and like I said I think they think you're an expert in every aspect of nutrition and that's why I always say I'm a jack of all trades but a master of none I know lots of lots of things about various different things but I don't know very fine details just off the top of my head so you know preparation is really key yeah no absolutely it's something I tell people a lot is I know how to find the information I don't have it all right there um (laughs) but I think if if you're a health professional nutritionist dietitian um and you're looking to move into more of this type of work what would be your advice to them yeah I think the main thing is you know don't unvow yourself you know remember that whatever you are you know whether or not you're a student dietitian or you're a newly qualified dietitian or registered nutritionist or whether you're a a PhD doctor or even a professor you are an expert in in nutrition so know your worth you know like I said dietitians are the only um, registered nutritional health professionals that are bound by law to act by the evidence base and in an ethical manner so you know fly the flag for our profession of being a dietitian or a registered nutritionist you know we're doing a great job but there's definitely strength in numbers so make sure you're part of that conversation to promote our profession and provide a balanced evidence-based dietary advice more widely to the media and to the public after all we are the nutrition experts yeah no I absolutely agree and um journalists really value what nutrition experts can add to a story so you know you don't have to be from a PR background like us um to get started either I know there's Mm -hmm. lots of nutritionists and dietitians out there who are in the media and have managed to find opportunities from um responding to journal requests on Twitter for example so you know there is there is so much out there that you can just get your name out there so I, I guess maybe the key takeout is to just do it just yeah take the ball by the horns and get your name out yeah be brave and grab opportunities absolutely you know I think I think it's absolutely step outside your comfort zone you know see any opportunities if you want to speak with the media you want to get your voice out there just do it I don't think you'll ever you know regret it you know challenge yourself with new experiences you know I think that's probably in terms of you know the advice that I've been given you know every opportunity that I've seen I think oh I'm go- should I do it or should I not but it's always really some type of reward you know whether or not it's kind of widening my career prospects you know promoting my profession or even widening my my knowledge base you know put yourself forward be brave put yourself forward um, and take on new challenges and uh, you know perhaps going for that media project perhaps it's a little bit out of your comfort zone or interest you know I certainly have surprised myself and I think you probably will surprise yourself and find out how much you actually know and what you can actually do. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Helen. That was so interesting. Um, I really hope our listeners found it as insightful and fascinating as I did. Um, to finish the episode, I'd like to ask you a couple more general questions. Uh, so the first one, it can be a bit of a professional or personal one, um, but what's the best advice you've ever been given? Yeah, like I said, I think it's it's that braveness, really. I think it's just you know, be brave and be confident in what you are and what you know as well. And like I said, it's, it just comes back to really what I've been saying in terms of, you know, step outside your comfort zone and challenge yourself with lots of new experiences. You know, there's lots of opportunities out there. You know, a lot of people said to me when I was um, qualified as a dietitian that you just go into the hospital setting. But, you know, there's so many avenues for dietitians and nutritional professionals out there. And, um, you know, and whether or not it's working with the media or whether or not it's working with industry or whether or it's working with PR and marketing you know lots of opportunities to tap into so find what you're interested in find you know what you're passionate about and challenge yourself Mm, absolutely um and what's the most valuable tool to have as a nutritionist or dietitian well, obviously, I've been saying this all along in our, our interview, but, you know, we are unique. We're regulated, balanced nutritional professionals using the kind of the most up to date evidence based device to facilitate behavioral change. And don't let this get lost in the big noise of health influencers, like I said, that have really little or no qualifications. You know, be proud of who you are. We are the experts. There's no one else quite like us. So, you know, get out there. Mm. And finally, what's your favourite way to eat almonds? Oh, I absolutely love almonds. You know, I'm always munching on them raw, grabbing a jar from the tin when I need a kind of mid, mid-morning mid or mid-afternoon snack. But, you know, almond pesto pasta is also a particular family favourite of mine. Um, and at this time of the year, you know, um, in terms of festive and it's cold out there as well, I absolutely adore cinnamon roasted almonds. They are just scrumptious. Oh, lovely. Thank you, Helen Bond, for being my guest on this episode of Kernels of Nutrition. All other podcasts in the series can be found at almonds.co.uk and by searching Kernels of Nutrition on your chosen podcast app. This series is available across all podcast providers, including Spotify, Apple, Google and Acast. Subscribe and follow to get a notification when the latest episode is out. As Helen mentioned, you can also find a suite of helpful resources from the Almond Academy, which includes resources on how to make media interviews meaningful and translating complex research into language consumers will understand. A number of the Almond Academy resources are endorsed by the Association for Nutrition. So complete these resources and share your evaluation form to gain your free CPD certificate. The link to the Almond Academy resources is in the show notes below.